This is Theology Refresh, and we are blessed to be joined today by Dr. Sinclair Ferguson. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you. It is, uh, it's exciting to have you, especially on this topic of the Holy Spirit. Dr. Ferguson wrote a large book on the Holy Spirit and has preached for decades uh, on the Holy Spirit, and we have a, the opportunity to hear from him and refresh our doctrine of the person of the Holy Spirit. Dr. Ferguson, when, uh, when we bring up the topic, the person of the Holy Spirit, now what comes initially to your mind? Where do you begin to orient? In some ways, it depends where I am and to whom I'm speaking. Um, but personally, I, I really begin with the farewell discourse in John thir- well, 13 through 17, really, but the discourse in, in uh, 14, 15, and 16. I think because there, it's there the Lord Jesus makes clearest who the Holy Spirit is. And obviously, the, the disciples had, a, had an idea of the Holy Spirit from what they'd read in the Old Testament. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think it's marvelous to think of him with his disciples night before his crucifixion. And he thinks the most important thing for me to teach these disciples is who the Holy Spirit is, how he's related to me, and what he will do for them. Um, so I think, you know, in, in the life of the church, that's where I would begin. And also, you know, I think I'm probably fairly deeply influenced in my thinking by particularly John's gospel. Um, there, I think there's just something about the way J- Calvin says about John's gospel that where the other gospel shows Jesus' body, John's gospel shows us Jesus' soul. And I think it's that kind of deep sense of the intimacy between Jesus and his disciples that he's, he now wants to tell them more about his own spirit that he's going to send to them. So that links the whole of the Old Testament from one point of view with what's going to happen on the day of Pentecost. But he says, I'm going to the Father and I'm going to send you another paraclete who's going to be with you forever. So it, it moves backwards into the old and then forwards into the new. He says, uh, you know, you've known about the Holy Spirit, uh, and He's with you, but He is going to be in you. Yes. And you say, who? You didn't say yes. what. Yes. Tell us more about this, this person of the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, there's something very, I think, wonderfully mysterious about the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, when the Scriptures speak about Him, it's clear that He, he is the Spirit of the Father, and he wants to point you to the Father. Uh, he's called the Spirit of Sonship in the New Testament. So he wants to make us conscious that we are sons of the Father. Uh, and he's also the Spirit of the Son. So when he comes, dwells in our hearts, it's really the Lord Jesus uh, dwelling in us. Um, and sometimes I think because Jesus says the Spirit will not glorify himself, but he'll bring glory to me we make the mistake of thinking so we can safely ignore the Holy Spirit when we should give glory to Him as well and think more about Him. And I think one of the ways I've found most helpful thinking about Him is understanding the way in which He was, he was present in the eternal fellowship of the Trinity. And then when the Lord Jesus came, He was there at His conception. He was conceived through the Holy Spirit. He was there at the time of his 
baptism temptations. It was through the Holy Spirit he did his miracles. He was there at the crucifixion. Jesus offered himself by the eternal spirit. He was there at the resurrection. Um, and I think that has helped me think the best way to think about the Holy Spirit is to think of him as the closest companion of the Lord Jesus. Um, and in a way, because Father and Son are concepts that we have a kind of emotional resonance with, they're easier for us than spirit, you know, or in the old language, ghost. You know, the Holy Ghost sounded very alien and strange. Um, and I think it's the way in which he is the companion of the Lord Jesus and the one in whom both the Father and the Son bring us to themselves. Like Jesus says in the farewell discourse, that when the Spirit comes, it will be the Father and the Son coming to make his home in us. And I think that conveys the flavor of who the Holy Spirit is. Usually in Scripture, of the three persons of the Godhead, he's, he's like the one who puts the finishing touches to everything, makes things work. Um, and so you, I think you need to slowly build up pictures of, of who the Holy Spirit is because he works so mysteriously, yes. and so, but so really and wonderfully. So uh, a full person, he's a who, Yes. and uh, his work is not some added, well, here's a, here's a third set of hands helping along, yes. but it's absolutely essential. It, yes. Explain the essentiality yes. of his work for the Christian. I think that's embedded in the Bible right from the beginning in the creation narrative. You know, God makes the heavens and the earth, but there's this darkness and formlessness mm. and emptiness. And then before the Word begins to be spoken, there's the Spirit brooding on the waters. And uh, you, you catch the sense that, you know, he is the one who is there bringing form out of the formlessness and filling the emptiness with the good things that uh, uh, Genesis 1 goes on to describe. And it's interesting, you know, this is, a, a, you know, maybe a little speculative, but when God says in Genesis 1.26, let us make man, um, the only us that are in the context are the Spirit and, and the Word. Um, and I think, it is, I think it is so helpful to us to realize that this let us make man as our image is a work in which the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are, you know, they're act, acting in concert with one another in all that they do, um, which is what the older theologians called the opera ad extra trinitatis. Uh, and emphasize they are indivisa sunt. They always do everything together as one God, three persons, even although each of the three persons may be engaged in one particular action in particular ways. And do you have a, a I hear some give a special, or maybe a summary of that particularity, like the Father plans and the Son accomplishes yes. and the Spirit applies. Yeah. Is that helpful? Yeah, that, I, that's helpful, yes. Um, you know, the challenge to us is to speak about the three and know that we're also speaking about the one. And this is why the fathers had this doctrine of what they called the opera ad extra, the external works of the Trinity are indivisible, and also a doctrine they called the appropriations, in which although God as Trinity is engaged in everything, there are 
actions of God in which one of the persons of the Trinity will kind of leave his fingerprints on what he does. For some of the pastors and leaders listening, maybe the most difficult questions they receive or the most difficult congregant has something to say about the Holy Spirit. Would any orientation you'd want to give to a, a pastor when they, they deal with a, uh, someone who's got some difficult questions yes. related to the Holy Spirit's work? Yeah. Do you know, my kind of approach with everything is the Lord's sheep hear the Lord's voice. So the first thing I want to do is say, well, let's look at the Scriptures together. And also because, you know, Christians do have some pretty strong hang-ups about things. What they have least hang-ups about, at least in theory, is the Lord Jesus. And so I'll very often say, not just let's sit down and look at Scripture, but let's sit down and listen to what the Lord Jesus thought and taught and just take them through, you know, various aspects of Jesus' teaching on the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think many questions are actually resolved that way. And then you can show the connectedness between what he taught and what you find in the rest of Scripture. Yes. Um, we could go on and on this, but the relationship between the Spirit and the Word. You touched on it briefly. Uh, when you are preaching here at the conference, yes. you mentioned the connection between yes. Colossians 3 and Ephesians 5. Yes. And the yes. word of Christ dwelling in us richly in the Spirit filling yeah. us. Anything yeah. to develop there briefly for us? Yeah. Again, back to Genesis 1, the Spirit and the Word work together in creation. And so, in a way, that's a paradigm for all of the Spirit's work, that He always works in accompanying the Word, the living Word, the Lord Jesus, the, the Word made flesh and also the Word that's spoken, that He is the one through whom the Word comes to us. Um, and therefore, He is the one who is able to interpret the Word back to us. Um, and so, we should never think about the work of the Word without the work of the Spirit. And I think this is why in Colossians 3, 16, 17, and Ephesians 5, 18, you have these two parallel statements the fruit of something God does is that we sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and we encourage one another. And in Colossians, it's the fruit of the Word of Christ dwelling in you. And in Ephesians, it's the fruit of being filled with the Spirit. So it's clear that Paul can use either the Spirit or the Word when he implies the Spirit will use the Word and the Word will be used by the Spirit. And, and therefore, the Word will work in us. You know, we, I think we're in a subculture where people are always wanting to know what do we do, how do we do it. And underneath all of that, the first thing is, the most important thing is for God's Word to do its own work in us. And it will do that when we place our lives under it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, amen. Thank you for joining us. Would thank you, you pray for our listeners? Surely. Can... Father, thank you for the gifts that you have given to us for the gift of your Son and the gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the way that the Spirit loves the Lord Jesus and for the evident way in which he was his companion through all of his life and for the love of the Lord Jesus for his Spirit that he would give us his own Spirit to indwell each of us. We pray that more and more we may know what it is to be filled with the Spirit 
and to walk in the Spirit, and to honour the Spirit, and to live, therefore, for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Since you are a good and loving Father, we believe you'll hear this prayer as we make it in Jesus' name. Amen.